I'd get them to come and, and do a video. A lot of the time it was also press junkets, publicists in the room, all sorts of weird people. I think it is tough mentally caring a lot about what loads of people think about you. That can be draining over time. What I want to do outside of YouTube, investing and having a business, I feel like if you're known as a celebrity for something else, then how are you going to convince them you know what you're doing in this stuff? Influencer.com, we've got 13,000 creators. We connect with brands. We work with hundreds of brands. Then I've got Margravine with my good friend Joe Sugg. We manage other creators with a company called WMEIMG. I got Creator Ventures, $20 million venture capital fund that invests alongside creators in consumer internet startups creators are incredible people to have on your cap table because say they're like a food creator and you have like a food brand for example they could give you advice on that but then they also have the audience you're looking for sometimes you get to a great idea and then people have to add things and then they can ruin it sometimes a great idea could take someone literally five seconds they have to almost justify why it's a good idea based on like how much work they've put into it but it could just be a good idea right good to see you good to see you man it's been a uh been last time i saw you stockholm yeah is that how you said stockholm 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 it's a very swedish word it's basically two words put into one <laughs> <I hope so>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like it feels weird what does it you. mean in swedish i mean in uh, english well it doesn't have a like right. sensible meaning it means like l- l- log island i thought it was the home of the stock exchange yeah <laughs> I know. Uh, that's what people usually think. But really? it's uh no, it's not that kind of home. It's yeah. a home which is an island. Yeah. Um Well you take stock. In Stockholm? Yeah, no, but so people in it, they just say, I'm taking stock when I'm they're like when when you like wanna evaluate your life, you wanna take some time out, you're taking really? stock. Wow. So maybe that's what it's like. That's why I felt like Yeah. Does that <laughs> give you a good vibe? Because it gave me a good vibe. Um I still haven't learned all these things. It's like English as a second language problem. Like you, you need to. Yeah. You know, so no, you were asking stock. about uh, what do you think about Stockholm? Complete, well, okay. Uh, what I th- yeah, what I think about <laughs> Stockholm is that um, it's it's filled with people who own Spotify. You just said it felt very small <laughs> off the record. Yeah, I said that as well. <laughs> it felt no, it felt very like intimate, very relaxed. It felt very bright. <laughs> they don't ever have any darkness in Stockholm. Well, um, not in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I, just i'm gonna pretend it's forever as they just don't sleep and uh, what else yeah my oh no my hotel Whew. so i booked that one myself and uh let me tell you the reviews were incorrect it was it was not a good hotel oh <laughs> <laughs> but i saw you probably you were well, everyone else was staying at this beautiful hotel and i was like that place is expensive i'm gonna just find someone nearby uh it's gonna be fine uh, and then i get to the and it was it was pretty random <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway can't complain all right um and uh i mean this is we've been meeting here in in london before i I was introduced to you by a friend of ours who you went to a football game with yes 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 bertie yeah yeah oh and then uh, you're a friend of bertie's introduced me to you yeah so i met you because of that yeah uh because uh, someone an lp of ours introduced me to a friend of yours and then Mm -hmm. yeah we're like we should chat exactly and now we're here look at us now we're here now we're in london I'm actually doing coffee, if that's fine. No, I love it. I uh, I love coffee, but I can't... It's not very English of me, though. No. Ah, I feel like coffee is becoming English, but yeah, it's not old school English. Well. You should be doing tea. But I, f- I love the taste of coffee, but I can't do um, caffeine. <laughs> really? I, I forget words. Caffeine uh, is the word. Caffeine. Caffeine. Yeah. That's the active ingredient, you know, yeah, 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 that yeah. makes you energetic. Yeah, and it like makes you very regular. Yeah. 
Is that, that's another term you probably don't. No, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to throw out these, <laughs> these terms. Yeah. I think I, I hope you... this is gonna be the, the topic of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Idioms and just yeah. things you say. And then you're gonna make me think you're probably gonna say something and bluffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I'm well, gonna well, say I, I heard that before one before think, and definitely uh, not. There's there's so many things I wanna talk about talk about today, you know. It feels like you've lived forever, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you've done so many uh, that's not offensive yet that'll be offensive <laughs> soon but i'm still young so how old are you 28 okay so that right. yeah well, but uh 32 it's, it's yeah. gonna happen soon yeah i mean <laughs> i hope we have another 30 years before that's offensive yeah. the f- you know you're old when people say you had a fall rather than you fell you had a fall run. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Is that is that a term in... Wow. No, it's not. So Are people... you bluffing now? No, no, that's okay. serious. So another another term for you, right? Okay. It's So, but like, my mom, she said, I fell. I'm like, thank God you never said you had a fall. You're still, you're still young. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's something that happens to you versus something you're doing, right? I guess. I yeah. don't know. It's just something people... It's a nice way of saying someone's really old. Yeah. <laughs> you're not that old <laughs> yeah i'm still falling but you've done a lot of things i think so yeah i do a lot of things you didn't have a lot of things happen to you you've yeah done yeah i've done a lot things. exactly there we go <clears throat> i've taken control yeah and um yeah no i've i've grown up uh in a different country to where i now live i moved a lot around a lot you're from south africa yeah and how old were you when you moved so i moved um i left south africa when i was 18 but I, I went to South Africa when I was a baby. From? From England. From England. So that's how I have a passport. That makes oh. life a lot easier. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then you came back. Yeah, then I came years later. 18 years later. Um, basically, well, I didn't know I was moving to England at the time. I, I thought maybe the US, maybe Ireland, because I have a family there. Well, uh, you thought. No one decided for you. Oh, you you went to England yourself by yourself? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. I okay. came. Okay. So I, I was basically making YouTube videos. In South Africa. In South Africa when I was 16 because I was obsessed with this new thing where I felt like anyone could express themselves and I was in love with creators like the Shaytards, um, Shane Dawson. Everyone was Shay for some reason I thought was cool. Uh, there was even a guy called Fred who I don't know if I love that much, but he was killing it. He was like one of the very first people to hit a million subscribers. I don't know if you've heard of Fred. I actually haven't. So we can do YouTube From- history all day if yeah. you want. Um, this is super interesting. Uh, are these American or European? Or- uh, so those were American, but then there was Charlie is so cool like who was yeah. British. Uh, then Dan is not a fire. Uh, then like Zoella was kind of maybe around the same time as me. Are these British? British, yeah. So these are some British people, but um. So I used to watch a bit of both and then um, started making my own videos. And there was no South African YouTubers because in South Africa, still in 2010, you had to pay quite a lot of money for every gigabyte of internet data you'd Mm. use. So we had something called CAP, where uh, if you went over a gig, you'd be capped. So kind of like a data plan on your phone. Exactly. And this was like your whole house. Uh, And this is still in 2010. so where wherever, when everyone else was consuming YouTube, not many people in South Africa were. But I played a lot of computer games and I somehow, I don't know what I did. Maybe I watched a lot of cars, but convinced my parents to get uncapped. Oh, I thought you were going to say I somehow was capped. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love the way we're talking about caps, cap, getting capped and caps on uh, your CD podcast. That's pretty <laughs> sick. Yeah. Um, but anyway, 
so so I I basically somehow convinced my parents um to get to get on caps and this was why I got so obsessed with YouTube and then I could start uploading my own videos and and then two years later I got or like a year later I got to a thousand subscribers and then this is actually a crossroad for me mm -hmm. can I throw it in there yes so then someone hacked my uh well not hacked basically someone clicked on my adverts on my youtube channel so on youtube you have ads right before your videos and at the time actually it wasn't pre-rolled ads there were just banners next to them and they would pop up in the video in the video and and someone basically i had a thousand subscribers i thought i was killing it life was good um i started getting advertising so i was making like serious money around you know 50 cents a month and <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. and um and then all of a sudden, my friend decided, I must have done something to him first, but he re re retaliated by clicking my adverts like hundreds of times. And then Google basically closed down my account because they thought I was trying to click my own ads. Oh. And there's no way you can prove it was you because you can do it on anyone's computer. And it was very unsophisticated. So they shut it down. I could never become a YouTube partner, um, which meant I could never get a banner, which is what I wanted in life, where you could customize your banner on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. That was like my big goal. Yeah. And so I restarted my channel thinking this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I, you know, life, life is over. Life is over. <laughs> how am I going to start again? And then it was that new channel where I'd, I'd finally understood how to be a YouTuber by that point because I'd done it for a while. And starting fresh was what I needed. I created basic. I was playing a character on the old channel and I just became myself. And things started to accelerate. And the, and the momentum was what led to me uh, getting to where I got to. So... It was an amazing kind of experience to learn early on that these horrible situations, even though it sounds a bit, um, you know, it sounds a bit trivial. It, for me, it was like the biggest thing in my life and I thought everything was over and then it led to actually something good. Uh, so I then eventually well, um, met up with a bunch of YouTubers in the UK. We all collaborated. I got to like 100,000 subscribers by the next year. And then it was like every month I was getting... Like I was getting like 3,000, 4,000 subscribers a day, which at the time was really big. And uh, I decided I was going to try to do this full time. I then moved overseas, kind of went between the US, UK, and um, collaborated with everyone I could. And that's kind of the secret to the, the channel. I was just making videos with loads of people. Um, and eventually the, the channel got to like over 7 million subscribers at, at the height. And... I would upload a video to get like 10 million views in a week and I didn't, didn't feel like I'd achieved anything really still, which is kind of weird, um, but I loved it. I enjoyed it, but I was still like, I need to just keep going. Um, and then uh, and then things changed for me. If we just rewind there, yeah. like what, what year are we in when you're starting with YouTube? In, in, are you in Cape Town now? Yeah, uh, yeah it's a place called Neisner. I, I only had, um, it only had like 50,000 people living there or something. Wow. How far from Cape Town? Uh, it's uh, like five hours, which okay. is a lot, but nothing in South Africa. So it's around like, the corner. Yeah, it's in the same province, in the Western Cape, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love South Africa. It's it's. Have you ever have you ever been? I was there my first time this spring. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, we yeah. went to hang out. I was DJing at Africa Burn. Yeah, you went to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> That's is that hectic? Uh, yeah. It's uh, like based for those who don't know, it's kind of the African version of Burning Man. Burning Man. Yeah. But kind so of people think it's nicer because it's... It's smaller. Smaller. It's more intimate. It's I not billionaires it's flying around on private jets. No, it's less Instagram. 
Yeah. Um, so if people are looking for that, I think Africa Burn is, is more, maybe it, it's got more of that realness still. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I think there are, there are people that are going to say the, the opposite. Maybe. Yeah. That's cool. But I was there in this spring and you were talking about like cap data plans and uh, we yeah. had uh, two hours of power outage. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I think on a Wednesday <sighs> afternoon or something, you know, like not office hours, but right after like five to 7 PM. Mm. <laughs> so that, I mean, that was a reg, that was a regular yeah, thing. That, that's called happened. load shedding in South Africa. And it's basically save yeah. power costs. Yeah. So the, the government controller, an entity called ESCOM, which is um, basically the power supplier to South Africa. And it's been so mismanaged over the last, uh, I don't know how many years. And uh, yeah, they're, they're struggling to, to have enough power for the entire country, mm. which is a massive shame because there's just there's so much opportunity in South Africa and you need, you need power. Mm. Um, especially when it goes out. I mean, it never went out during office hours. Sounds like while you were there, but it does now as well. And uh, it's a shame because it affects the poorest people in society because the richer people still find ways around it they'll you have a generator they'll have a generator <laughs> or a, a converter or an inverter or whatever it's called um and they'll figure out a private way to deal with things but the the, the public services in south africa mm. are just uh it's just very unfortunate but mm. it's a beautiful country i'm sure you enjoyed visiting mm -hmm. still i hope i hope the tourism just kills it this over the next few years because it was wiped out during during lockdowns like the uk had some stupid policies where they shut off South Africa. Um, they put on a red list because there was a there was a variant that was discovered in South Africa. Well, I I would be surprised if South Africa is not going to be one of the most I mean, exploding tourist regions based so. on my two weeks there. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, it just had everything. And it's so good for winter as well in Europe because it's the same time zone, and then it's summer in South <laughs> Africa. It's everything's like half the price. Mm. Um, not um, investing advice. <laughs> yeah, not investing <laughs> advice. Um, and Purely for information. Exactly. Purposes. I don't want to get sued like Kim <laughs> K or something. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, there's, there's, the problem is though is like the people living there. Um, a lot of the very educated people just don't stay, and so I'm hoping one day I can move back there. Um, not that I couldn't live there now. I'm sure. I'm sure I could, but. I'd love to love to go back there one day and hopefully a lot more people return. So you're 18 and you're in South Africa in uh, a town five hours outside of Cape Town. You're deciding between yeah. the US, the UK. Yeah. Where else? Ireland. Ireland? Yeah, I got because um, I got Irish passport, family's from Ireland. And, yeah. and what made you decide on going to the UK? What was well, your thing? Yeah, so it kind of... I mean, I just followed wherever the, the I mean, I, I, I live, uh, you know, I, I had a, a place here, but I, I traveled a lot. So um, I just, I even lived in LA for a few months on a friend's couch, but the was UK. Was that for like collabing with other creators? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was all about collabing. So wherever I could collab, be it London, LA, um, wherever I could get to. And uh, I do like England now a lot. I don't think, I don't know if I could live in America, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Why? I, I just... It's just, I feel like it's just hectic. There's something, even though, even though England sounds like it's falling apart right now and our politicians suck. Isn't everybody saying that about their own country though? Yeah, but do you not think England is it really, really like... <laughs> even more, more right? bad, right? Yeah. The, the last few weeks, it's... We also have like the worst media. Well, not the worst, but like the most... 
yeah. intense media. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, I, I just think America, it's just hectic, mm. I, and I feel like they don't want you there. It makes it's probably quite hard to get uh, into America. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then I think like, yeah, it's just it's just depends where though. I mean, it's America. I can't believe it's like considered a country still. It's it's just it's a bunch of countries yeah. basically. Anyway, um, but <clears throat> so when this is happening. Um, have you, had you been collaborating with like creators in the UK then, or like, so did yeah, you do that when you were in South Africa at the time or? Yeah. So I, I reached out online, um, and there was this website called you now where you could live stream. Basically it was almost like an open mic. So you could go behind other live streamers and they would have an audience and then you, they'd get voted off eventually, or they'd leave and then you would come on. And then you could speak to their audience. And so I'd go behind all the big YouTubers mm. and convince their audience to, to subscribe to my channel. Eventually convince the YouTubers to look at my channel. And uh, I think they just thought it was it was good enough to uh, collaborate with. And so... So you did a, kind of like an elevator pitch to their viewers? Yeah, so I would go <laughs> after them and be like, you like Alfie Days? Well, mm. Alfie Days and I are just like each other. Oh, Check out my channel. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, we weren't actually like each other, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, it eventually led to the growth. I got to like, I, I remember one day getting 100 subscribers in a single day and being like, geez, this is, this is it. And, and I think, I, you know, that's taught me a lot about obviously building a YouTube channel, but anything in life, there's loads of little hacky ways to get traction in the beginning. And um, you've got to just figure them out. And they'll always be somewhere where you can get a you can get ahead and uh you just gotta find especially with the internet and and once you get the momentum then it really starts but you can't just build something really well what you think you maybe you can but for me i don't think i could ever just build something cool and then people find out about it you've got to come up with a like a weird hack you don't believe in like build it and they will come i well maybe i just haven't built anything that good then <laughs> but uh no i i don't well yeah i think if you build like something incredible yes but usually things aren't incredible in the beginning anyway so i do think you've got to figure out like uh, like smart ways to to grow things mm. or like weird ways what's you know at the time there were a lot of well, now there are a lot of creators, a lot of YouTubers uh, and, and many different platforms. But back then, I mean, there were also, as you mentioned, there were a lot of, of different players out there. Um, yeah, what I was the biggest player. You were the biggest player. <laughs> what, made you, what made you become the biggest player? The biggest player. <laughs> uh, no, I was never the biggest player, but... Um, you were one of the biggest no, players. I mean, I, no, I got, got, I, I did well, um, especially in the UK. There. yeah was it your growth hacks or were you like very you know yeah. like for instance i was i was listening to mr beast mm. in his early days yeah who you're uh, very familiar with they could be sitting in a mastermind over skype and choosing between different hues in the thumbnail yeah, uh, yeah you know, no. for, for several hours yeah. systematically yeah um hacking stuff yeah. like that was that also something you did or was it more going on your own gut feel uh, or were you very deliberate yeah. in, in how you went your way i think 
I was I've never someone who does everything a hundred percent perfect. I'm more I do like I'll do seventy percent of what he was. Not I can't say I was doing seventy percent of what Mr. Beast was doing, but I do like. But he was. I, yeah, I would crazy. never get fully yeah. crazy, but I do. I definitely research, definitely understand as much as I can. But like that, it was never like a hundred percent that. I, um, I would just do a lot of different things together if that makes sense, and then whatever stuck stuck. And so, my main I guess my main growth hack was collaborating, um, consistency, and then, and then. I guess collaborating. Um, that was your. That was my thing, and then and then I realized that celebrities were interested in in promoting stuff on YouTube, and stuff like so like their films um, or or their songs, Google Pixel. yeah, and their <laughs> Google Pixels. Well, brands and celebrities, and actually, when I say like celebrities, I mean the the people behind them. So say they they were releasing a, a song or a film they would need to promote it. And they, they didn't have that many options in terms of YouTubers to work with uh, because they didn't know who to work with and so on. And so I would just reach out to them or they would hear that I was interested in, in interviewing them. And this was before that was the big thing. Now everyone does um, interviews uh, with uh, internet kids or, or podcasters or whatever. But back then it wasn't very common. And so I got to interview a bunch of these people and that also helped elevate the channel and yeah, you were doing some huge names <laughs> pretty early yeah, like Kevin Hart so yeah it was um, so much fun and The Rock yeah well. did, did did a bunch and that's I'm a professional name dropper so I can I can try go through name the list name Anna Kendrick Maisie Williams Ed Sheeran Kevin Hart you said <laughs> the Rock. a few others um Trying to remember, I'm so bad with with names, but there's a few <laughs> others. And anyway, I would get I'd get them to, um, to come and and do a video. I actually didn't enjoy it that much because it wasn't like this experience with you where they would come in and just hang out and uh, we'd make a, like a two hour video. There was once or twice that would happen um, when they were like a fan of the channel, and that would ha and that did happen a few times. But then a lot of the time it was also press junkets. And then you would have their um, uh, publicists in the room and all sorts of weird people who are trying to tell you to hurry up and, and so on. So I got a bit nervous actually doing these things. So they weren't long form interviews. They were more shorter because you were. Yeah. If I remember correctly, the Kevin Hart one. What was it about? So I just used to pretend all of these people were my best friends. And so it was just basically it was a weird thing where I'd, I just acted like he was my best friend for five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and that was so interesting for people because it's like what's that weird kid doing with kevin hart oh, yeah. and then uh, we did another one and so yeah we just come up with funny little thing anything we could do I, I always wanted to make it feel like it wasn't some um uh, professional environment and it was them just being relaxed and friendly with me and so i'd come up with ideas around that mm. uh, and so yeah that that was kind of that but i got so nervous doing them and i didn't really understand how to deal with those nerves mm. And um, eventually, kind of just didn't want to do them anymore. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah. Th then I d I did a bunch of other things, but those those were kind of the things I'm I'm most proud of. Yeah, yeah. And you said you became nervous. It, do, I I think that surprises people because yeah. you've been on camera f for so long. Yeah. And uh, on stage, basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think uh, it's it's something that everyone I actually speak to kind of says that happens to them, especially when they start something new for the first time. And um, and then when you realize it's just a feeling and you can learn to 
accept it, it can really help. But I I don't really understand that. So I would just it would get out of control. I'd get super like feel ill before the the interviews for a long time. Um, during the interviews, I just just felt like really scared. Uh, and yeah, I don't. It, it it's one of those things that um, I'm kind of happy about which sounds crazy because it's now led me to a point where I don't get as nervous at the moment this year like last year I was super scared of doing things for some reason but this year I'm just feeling confident and it makes you appreciate that so much like just sitting here with you um, walking in feeling happy enjoying the podcast makes me feel so happy and if I didn't go through those kind of times when I felt really scared and upset about those things this would maybe not be as enjoyable yeah I don't know. That's try to try to find the silver lining. Is that a word or an idiom you? Silver lining is a word. Yeah, you get yeah, that. Yeah, right, okay, cool. right. It is. Yeah, it's a okay. it's a real thing. I'm just gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw in a, a fake one soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, silver lining is. I know what a silver lining. Yeah, it's like a cloud, right? Every cloud has a silver lining. Is that where it comes from? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. So that is a silver lining out of, uh, well, it's not... It's out not of a, going through a bad experience, yeah. you appreciate the good times. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it's something good that comes out of it. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of really, like, either rich people, famous people, successful people, who just constantly have good stuff apparently happening to them, yeah. they don't get that happy after all, because they just feel like life is always good, so then good becomes normal, and then it almost becomes not fun. Mm. And so like, I almost feel like you need, and it's not only those people, but anyone in life needs a little bit of a struggle to be happy. You need some, some harder moments. That's why I feel like, and it comes with anything, like going on a run, it's difficult, but afterwards you feel happy. Eating your veggies, it's difficult, but afterwards you feel better. Yeah. So, like, something about doing <laughs> difficult things make people happier. There's a very mathematical researcher in happiness called yeah. Mo Gaudat. If you haven't listened yeah. to episodes with him, um, I highly recommend it. He presented it like a formula, which I can't remember it exactly now, but it's kind of like, you know, happiness is expectations minus reality. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of where it's yeah. at, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and you kind of need the contrast all the time. Yeah, exactly. So another example of this, my friend Josh is doing this series now on TikTok and Instagram Reels where he goes outside prisons and he waits for people to come out. And, yeah. um, but where is this? In the US? Well, he's doing it in the UK, but he's going to do it in all sorts of prisons. Wow. I think it'll be a sick series. Wow. Um, and it's like the best idea I think he's ever come up with because <laughs> it's such an easy, not easy thing to do, but it's something you can keep doing. It's a replicable. And, yeah, exactly. And, and these people are just so happy. So they're in the middle of a car park or wherever they are and they're loving that moment more than I would love doing most things in the world because yeah, they're free wow. and for the first time, time in whatever in a very long time probably. exactly and <laughs> so yeah I mean that's obviously there's certain I always go back to this there's certain difficulties in life like financial trouble and things that will make life harder but then you get to a point and they've worked out this number in a many in many countries depends where you live but when you get to that point and it's usually like maybe in the US it's probably like a household income of $70,000, let's just say, for example. Anyth- if you make a household income of 500K or 500 million, you don't get any happier than that person who makes that mm. basic household income that is enough to stop you from having financial worry. And that's, for me, just... Um, I think that's really interesting. I also think that's really good. But when you met these people and you had your interviews with like very 
well-known personalities from Hollywood, etc. Was that when you started thinking, like, maybe YouTube isn't for me? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a few things. I think, one, meeting these people. Uh, I, I, firstly, I wanted to be a, a talk show host. And uh, and so I thought doing these interviews, that would lead me to becoming like James Corden. I don't know why I want to be James Corden, but let's just say that. And uh, So when you say talk show, you mean like a regular TV, several yeah. guests, they can also talk with each other, that kind of show. Yeah, I wanted to create like a late night talk show um, with my YouTube channel. And I, and I did it and I tried, I mean, I tried all these things. And it just, it never went anywhere. And I realized, oh, why do I want to do this? And... Um, there wasn't, I wasn't actually, it wasn't for me. It, maybe I just thought I wanted to do it when I was younger and then I tried it and it, it wasn't that enjoyable and it's a lot of work and it's, it's, it's not just, it, 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 I'm not saying I had a talk show, but I just, I just kind of was like, ah, it's just not for me. So I then carried on a bit and eventually it got to 2019 and I hadn't taken a few weeks off in about, I started in 2010, so like nine years. So since you moved from South Africa, yeah, or even before that, even the first two years, I hadn't like not made videos, and and so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna stop for a while and give myself a break, and then a few weeks turned into a few months, which turned into a few years, and I just got preoccupied. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word. I got obsessed with what else I was doing outside of YouTube, and those things just started to do really well. And I was like, I'd, maybe if I go to YouTube, I'm going to just try and do something that I've already done and I felt like I did well. And why go back to that now? And, and maybe I can just leave it on a high. So since then, I was like, I'm just not going to upload. But maybe one day I will. Mm. I'll see. I like, nothing. I never made an announcement. I never said, oh, I'm leaving YouTube. That would have been hopefully a, a video that could have banged. <laughs> but I just... Uh, it's hard to come back after that. No, exactly. <laughs> well, people do. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, I mean, now I'm I'm just hap happy on my Instagram, doing mm. a couple of Snapchats, still creating content here and there, but uh, not do not doing YouTube. And and hopefully going forward, I'll keep doing more podcasts. I'll keep building that stuff up. But for a few years, I just wanted to focus on business oh. and uh, and what I'm doing outside. Thirty years ago, twenty years ago, most kids wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. And nowadays, <laughs> most kids want to be a YouTuber. I know. And uh, what do you have to say about your own, like, what's the best and worst part of being a creator that, that actually, you know, blows up? So the, the best part is that, what's the best part? Yeah. I was going to say you feel good about yourself, but I don't think you do. Um, <laughs> the, best, the best part is that you, you don't maybe, you're not forced into doing a job you don't enjoy because you can make money from it and, and that's, that's good. Um, and then also like, you know, traveling. Around. Did you ever call a restaurant saying, hi, it's Casper <laughs> Lee and I want a table? <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, I did call a restaurant. Actually, no, I didn't do this. I can't take credit. My friend Josh called a restaurant. Again, the same Josh who's doing that prison thing. And he does YouTube still. He's like a good friend of mine. And uh, he called a restaurant saying that he represents Tom Cruise and he needs a table for like 10 and this is after he called the restaurant asking if there was a table for like four people. And they're like, there's nowhere in London tonight. And he called again. Said, I can get a table for 10 for Tom Cruise. And like, um, give us a second. And then they called him back and they got your table. And we're like, can we go and basically pretend one of our friends is called Tom Cruise? Because we never <laughs> said it was the Tom Cruise. We just said, we need a table for Tom Cruise. 
So yeah, if you, I think YouTubers Perhaps. will still struggle maybe to get tables for ten in London, but Tom Cruise certainly does. Wow, it. did it work out? Was he like banned for life? After no, that? so then he he actually, um, I think. 10 people is a good boogie yeah. for the restaurants. Right? It's, he got it's like scared. A... He, he did tell them they. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, just to complete the story, <laughs> he did tell them we weren't going to come and then they at least were able to fill it up. Um, but yeah, it's a great. I think actually the better thing you could do is just legally change your name to a name of a celebrity <laughs> and do it like that. So you don't feel bad. That you don't have to do this whole YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to do anything. You can open bank accounts in, in Switzerland, yeah. <laughs> all sorts. You could promote crypto. Yeah. <laughs> Just with a with the name of a celeb. What was the worst part of being a YouTuber? The worst part, I mean, it wasn't. There weren't any terrible parts. I think, I think it is tough mentally, um, caring a lot about what loads of people think about you, and I think you read the comments. You read the comments, yeah. but I think just instinctively, you know, there's quite a lot of people watching you. Um, you're reliant on what they think about you for your living. And so if you make a mistake or um, if you do something that's just going to lead to people not liking you anymore, um, I think that can be draining over time. Hmm. And so, you, you, it, you know, also as you get older, you were maybe known for some sort of content and then you become older and you want to say certain things or act a certain way. And you, you, you don't know if you can because you're trying to just keep everything going. And, uh, you know, some people are just super authentic and um, I definitely, f you know, felt authentic. But at the same time, you are worried, like, will people like the new person I'm becoming? Did you ever worry, you know, about being cancelled or stuff like that? <laughs> every it's day. Every no. day, yeah. I mean, if, if you're saying something on camera, I mean, it's happened to a lot of YouTubers, yeah. right? Especially, I think, increasingly the faster everything's going and the faster people can pop off, the faster they can yeah. also, you know, fall off. Yeah. And and I was in a in a group of, of creators who were like at the top of the UK scene for a while. And they were called like the Brit crew and so on. And there were a lot of people who didn't like the the, the crew because they were seen as doing really well financially. I say they we I was in it too. And uh of And uh, I, I think when you, wh whenever you're doing something well, there's always going to be people who want to see you come down. And there were mistakes made by people, and people like did silly things, maybe brought out stupid products. Nothing like no one did anything crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were there, there were th people didn't. Basically, bad news travels way faster than good news, and yeah. that on the internet, that's the case. And and so as a creator you are worried about that any anything anyone can say anything and uh, it could it could really could really affect you so mm. um i think you do live with that a little bit but I, i don't think that's just youtubers i think that's everyone actually everyone has to be super careful about what they do and say these days and i think that is good because it leads to people trying not to offend each other as much and so on but then it it also can lead to people just being fake and yeah and I mean, people are, are chasing views. So I think it also opens up for some people to be really mean. Yeah. Because yeah, those oh, news yes. travel fast. So there was a great, uh, there was a great um, uh, bunch of YouTube channels that were basically making videos about other YouTubers and anything that they could like see. Gossip. Like gossip channels. And it's similar to what uh, you know traditional celebrities deal with with magazines. But this was a YouTube version of that. And... 
again, full power to these creators. It's probably also a healthy thing to have in a democracy, the ability for other YouTubers to say other things about other YouTubers because... Critique people yeah, with critique, a lot of influence. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, and yeah, it's just, it, it just became a part of it and I don't think it will ever go away. It's such, it's such entertaining content for people to see someone who's doing really well getting talked about in a negative way because it makes you feel like, oh shit, they're, they're doing really well but they're actually not... Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I shouldn't be angry about being at home eating crisps all day, like I always do. Feel like, <laughs> <laughs> so I just watch these gossip channels twenty four seven. Yeah, but were you ever the target of like British media, like press? No, they can be no. Very so yeah, so British press. Um, no, my friend was my friend was the target actually. Um, he went on a show called I'm a Celebrity, and he had some old things come out that he said when he was like younger. And he was like pulled off the show for it, and it really affected him, affected him uh, mentally. And uh, he's doing really well now, but it's just it's crazy what that can because it's like the front page of every newspaper that day. And yeah, it's just it's something I never really got into because I was never on like a mainstream show. Um, and it's interesting how some YouTubers and TikTokers and so on become mainstream. Whereas others don't, and there's like some massive like YouTubers like Tommy in it, for example, who I don't think the British press would really know very well. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they're like bigger than a lot of maybe YouTubers who the British press will talk about every day. Yeah. And there's just kind of I think it's a choice you can make, but it's also something that there needs to be some sort of tentpole moment that happens to you where all the journalists find out about you, uh, or you can like get like publicist and try and build it up over time. But it's interesting how that happens. And some people just go completely unnoticed by the mainstream and even by brands. And, you know, I've got a, a company called Influencer.com and we, we connect brands with creators. And you find like so many brands are wanting to work with certain people because they're mainstream and they don't always have the right audience for it. And that's why it's so important for them to work with us. So we can be like, no, these people are actually good for the campaign because of X, Y and Z. Here's the data to show that. Um, but yeah, I just find that interesting. And that, that's why I also like learn that why there's so many opportunities in life because people only think about things in a very kind of broad way and they don't understand the niches of a lot of things, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And <clears throat> I think, you know, in in the YouTube world where like where you've been so for so long, it all changes very quickly, too. So if you're going into um, like being a mainstream creator, um, then you have to make that choice, right? You're going to stay in there because it's hard for people to, you know, put you in a certain position once you've, uh, once you've ended up there. Um, were you deliberate about these things that, you know, oh, I'm going to position myself like this. I'm going to be like, this is my brand. Or is that something yeah. that comes organically? So that I, I turned down kind of these big TV opportunities to do like reality type big shows, like these celebrity mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. What was uh, that show? Uh, there's like, why didn't, uh, th there's one called I'm a Celeb, Get Me Out of Here. So oh, I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. they oh. wanted to do meetings and stuff. And I was, I was just like, that's not for me. No. Uh, and there's a few few others like that. And that was conscious choice. Cause I, I, again, I was just like, I don't see the point of having random people in England knowing yeah. about me outside my, my, my audience. Mm. It would um, be good financially maybe though, right? Yeah, but... I I just I felt like there's also I don't want to be known as someone who's trying to be a celebrity or yeah. I don't even want to be known as a celebrity. Yeah. I don't see 
the benefit, even though there's, again, financial benefit, there's also not because what I want to do outside of YouTube, investing and having a business, I feel like if you're known as a celebrity for something else, mm. then how are you going to convince them you know what you're doing in this stuff, yeah, if that makes sense? Like, being, especially being with investing, serious. like yeah. are they just like a celebrity who says they're an investor? Yeah. And, <clears throat> and so, yeah, so, so, so that was kind of conscious. But in terms of everything, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not like an expert brand builder for myself. It's something over time I've tried to do. It's something I don't actually know how I've done. I, I feel like your brand is what people say when you're not in the room. And mm. I've, I've not like, I, I don't get a bunch of um, uh, kind of focus groups telling me <laughs> how I've done. So I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I've, it's been pretty organic and, uh, depending on how I'm feeling that day is like usually how I make the decisions rather than like long term. This is what I want to do with my kind of brand and stuff. Yeah. You said, um, you know, some of the key success factors you've had has been, you said collabing, um, being consistent. Yeah. I guess that means releasing regularly, being yeah. being there and creativity. I love it. You remember the three C's. I do. I love that. Three C's. That's okay. it. That's a good thing to to take away. How do you how do you generate your own creativity? Are you inspired by somebody, or yeah. can you go somewhere and just no. become creative? Yeah. So uh, there's a few things. I get creative when I have endorphins, so like going on a run. Um, but then I worry sometimes. I think if something's a really good idea, but that's just because I'm in a super good mood. <laughs> so like when you get when you go out on a late night and you come up with like you think you've just figured out how to when how to do the reality check. It's not that. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then. I, other ways I like to be creative is just bouncing ideas off people, watching something and being inspired. So, yeah, I, I, I'm by no means a creative genius, but I think I know what a good idea is when I when I hear it or, or see it. At this point, it's something I've learned over time because in the beginning I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, just, just being surrounded by other people, sitting down, turning off your phone um, – and and having space and time to be creative because it's not some it, again an influencer we have like incredible creatives in the in the business and it's quite difficult to structure um you know uh, and manage that process because you're comparing it usually to like a sales team or an account management team and and those people you know there's a certain amount of time it takes to do certain tasks and then you can work that out and work out how long something should take and, and so on. But with creatives, it's just, it's not fair to do it in that way. Mm. And I think it's it's hard and I'm glad I went through it so I can understand how to build creative teams. Uh, but it's 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 hard um, when they're put to a, like a deadline and when they feel under pressure, they need to just go out there and, and be around people. So they also, when it comes to lockdown, um, it's really hard for, I think, creatives because being on a screen is really hard to kind of, uh, think of new ideas with other people over and so yeah they need to be in an office together is my opinion or mm. not an office maybe in a park yeah <laughs> but yeah those are kind of the, some of the things i like to do to be creative and also my thoughts on it yeah that, that's very true i mean it's um it's so hard to measure right it's like how do you measure certain campaigns or like just branding yeah. in general like i mean you can have focus groups yeah. so you're never going to get the real truth uh, and Same everyone has something to say and yeah. and and that's also something that's it's difficult everyone when people are in a meeting and you have like a bunch of people, everyone feels like they have to give feedback and prove their reason why they're there. And sometimes people, sometimes you get to a great idea and then people have to add things and then they can ruin it. And then the opposite also can happen. Like sometimes a great idea could take someone literally five seconds and 
they have to almost justify why it's a good idea based on like how much work they've put into it, but it could just be a good idea, right? So yeah. it's one of those interesting things um, that it takes, you know, it takes a lot of great management to to achieve. And uh, do you feel now, now you're running several businesses. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? Like, so influencer.com yeah, is so one. You're starting your own venture fund yeah, together. Yeah. So with I saw like some guy you meet in a club in LA. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, so I do this, 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 and I do crypto. And I do crypto as well. <laughs> so um, no, I'll, uh, I'll I'll quickly run through them. Uh, so influencer.com. Uh, There's some name, name dropping in it as well. If you what's the, what, yeah? Like this guy you meet in a, at a club in LA. Yeah. So uh, influencer.com. <laughs> done campaign campaigns with Ronaldinho <laughs> and uh, and yeah. Him. No, you don't have to. <laughs> Uh, so influencer.com, we've got 13,000 creators. We connect with brands um, on our platform called Waves. And we, we work with hundreds of brands. And that, that, that business is just flying, which is amazing. And I, I, and I, I can say that because I, I can't take the credit. It's literally my co-founder who, who's the CEO. Um, and he's, he's, him and I have, have built a team of uh, 100 people now. Wow. And uh, you, you did this, you started with this when you were still doing videos. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I really can't take that much credit. In, in the beginning, I, my responsibilities were helping to raise capital, um, helping to get creators on the platform, and then also doing some sales type stuff. So like talking to brands that I knew and platforms and so on. And then over time, I've kind of been brought into the business more and more because it's just grown. And obviously, I stepped away from YouTube and so yeah now now i just love getting involved in all in all aspects of that and um yeah it's it's just going from strength to strength and touch um what wood? do you call this this is not wood this is marble? Uh, but you know that saying i like it that there saying, go. Yeah. touch marble <laughs> and um and so yeah there's influencer then i've got margravine with uh my good friend joe sug who was a who's who is a youtuber and a tv personality and actor he's a he's a mm. triple threat and uh, we we manage uh, other other creators uh, with a with a company called WMEIMG, so they're a massive agency group, and uh, we're kind of their social media arm, uh, talent management arm uh, in the UK. And now we actually just opened in LA, so oh, we wow. we got a few talent there. And then um, I got Creator Ventures, which we we spoken a lot about. So that's a twenty million dollar venture capital fund that invests alongside creators in consumer internet startups with your cousin with my cousin and and we always try and be careful how we drop the fact that he's my cousin because when we meet people we're like we're, we're cousins it's kind of like is that just your dodgy cousin who uh <laughs> the first person you said yes to it was the first person to put you an idea and you said yes but no he's um he's like he went to the you know he went to all the the right places and he's a very very yeah, smart okay, guy so, so you're not gonna lift it he's, he's incredibly smart yeah I yeah mean, he's he's, he's, he's yeah. went to the the Best yeah. school, yeah. Uh, Harvard Business School, yeah. and then worked at like top five percent there. Worked yeah. at Uber, all sorts. Ox Shout out, Sasha. Shout out, Sasha. Incredible Sasha. guy. And uh, so just I, I can guarantee it's not the first person who pitched <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, really. Uh, I remember he was still working at Bridgepoint um, while we were doing this on the side, and I was just so excited when he started to think like he could do this full time. And I was like, Am I actually going to get to work with this guy? And uh, it's it somehow happened. So. Got that, and then the last thing, which just gets me back to South Africa, and it's actually, it's, it's for me, it's like a long-term thing that I think will be huge one day. But we're just taking it slow. Is proper living, uh, and it's basically student accommodation, and um, yeah, we've got we've got now three buildings in South Africa, uh, and I just lo I love it because 
you get to go there, you get to meet these young people and we're a big part of their life because we are where they live. We are where they spend a lot of their time. And yes, it's fun to do something in South Africa. As I said, I want to move back to th- uh, back there one day. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a good excuse. That's cool. Is this through the fund? No. So no. proper living, separate. Okay. Um, yeah. No. The only business the fund's invested in that I'm involved in is Influencer. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Do you see some of the creators at Influencer going through like what you went through? Like, are you kind of acting as a mentor there for some people? Or? Yeah, so uh, so with Influencer, I don't, I don't kind of um, help their careers. It's more just connecting them with the brands. Uh, but uh, with Margravine, Margravine, yeah, yeah, Margravine, I, I definitely see a bunch of creators who, who could do some of the things. And um, I just think creators are in such a great position. A lot of them have a bit more time than your average. Per- I'm not saying they don't work hard, but they do have time, some of them. Especially, and they can make time, right? Because they are their own bosses, and so they can build businesses. And you need time to build businesses. Also, money does help. So some of these creators can put some money up to build something. Uh, and then the biggest thing they have is an audience. So they already have a bunch of people who could become consumers of their product, especially if they build something like for their audience. Mm. And so that's why you're seeing people like Mr. Beast who build feastables. You're seeing Prime from KSI and Logan Paul. Um, Feastables? Is that his burger? Feastables. No, Feastables is his chocolate. And then he's oh, got yeah, Beast yeah, Burger yeah. as well. Yeah. So he's got two things out. I think he was offered like a billion dollars for all his brands put together the other day. And he turned it down. He said it's oh, worth at least 10. And some people are going like, it's going to be 100. And um, I mean, that's just, that's wild. That's a wild section of, of the industry. But then there's all, you know, there's thousands and thousands of very successful creators with brands. And then I think there's also going to be a bunch of creators who become amazing investors because the one of the hardest part of being a VC um, is getting access to the best deals. And and creators are incredible people to have on your cap table because they are not only um, experts in whatever they do, so they can maybe give you advice, especially if they're the right creator. So say they're like a food creator and you have like a food brand, for example they could give you advice on that, but then they also have the audience you're looking for. Mm. And uh, they're also different. Like your, your your old cap tables were filled with kind of like old gray men uh, who are ex-accountants and, and so on. And these these people are, are different and that's what brands and, and um, companies are looking for. So. so how does that work? You are investing alongside creators in... Uh in other creator companies? We, we're called Creator Ventures, but we don't actually invest in just creator economy stuff or creator companies. You um, do not? No, we don't. So we, we, you know, it's something we thought about very briefly, but did a bunch of research. And as, as amazing as these creator co- companies can be, they're not always the best VC-backed uh, businesses. Um, so what we do is we back the best businesses we can find in consumer internet around the world um, and we, we come in and we put in uh, between like 100k to 500k dollars uh, dollars in, in their business usually take like a percent or whatever it is depending on the round and uh, and so we're you know we're not leading rounds we, we t- you know we're price takers not givers but we'll be investing in businesses that other people might struggle to invest in and the reason we get access is because we're, of the value adds we bring which is either um the fact that we can help them with their social media, with their influencer marketing, with the creator side of their business, which is becoming huge for a lot of startups. Um, or we can also bring in creators to invest alongside us. 
So we can bring in like athletes from like the Premier League or, or the NFL and so on or or musicians or actors and, and if they're relevant for the business we can get them to invest alongside us and we don't charge the creators fees. So it's just us getting access, which is why we do it. Or we can do both. And so 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 that's what we do and uh yeah, it's it's we we've kind of had uh, a great track record of, of getting into all the deals we've wanted to get into, which is again like the biggest um difficulty f when you start a VC is, is getting deal flow and access and then obviously the other hard part of it is like understanding finances and understanding how to build businesses and we've got that with uh, Sasha with the financial side and then myself with kind of having my own business or two so yeah that's 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 creative ventures and uh, we're, we're very you know um, we're still a very small fund but hopefully over the next few years, we're going to show some sick returns. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting market to be in as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to touch on as well, uh, I mean, you seem to be very happy now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Are you, you happy? Do, you see, do I seem more relaxed than our first interviews together? No. No? <laughs> Was I just as relaxed then? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think you do. I think Thank you. you. Well, I, feel, I feel it. Um, but I also love hearing my own voice. In yeah, my, in that's why. That really helps. <laughs> no, yeah, I am. I am right now so happy, and yeah. it's it's mostly my girlfriend. Uh, we're just getting on a lot. And uh, how long have you been together? Uh, like f this is our fifth year, and I I used to because I used to have a relationship. I've had like three relationships before that, and we always got to like year two, and then it would get really hard, and it just wouldn't work out. And I was I always thought, damn, maybe I'm just not capable of getting past that and i know still five years is nothing compared to the 50 or 60 or 70 we want to have but um it's nice that it grows over time with certain people and you you, you enjoy them more and i hope uh, yeah i just hope it continues um and then just also challenging myself doing things and feeling like i'm learning and getting slightly better i think that's really what makes me happy and i was kind of avoiding doing podcasts for a while mm -hmm. for example this is my second podcast i've been on uh, in years and what an honor oh, thank you it what is an honor. Well, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm actually getting emotional yeah <laughs> me too but uh but now i'm like i'm gonna go by the way the, the problem it's an honor for now but i'm gonna go on every single podcast i can go yeah. on in the next few well, weeks because i'm enjoying it so much <laughs> <laughs> so by, by the i'm gonna say in like in like in two weeks i'll be like and this is the 16th podcast <laughs> I've been on in two years. But, <laughs> and you, but, but I, I say, I'm saying it. You're going to be returned to becoming a creator. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good because, yeah, it was like something I was avoiding. And then I finally did it. I felt good about it. And it's the same with small things like flying. I was asking, I don't know if you, we spoke earlier before the show, but lockdown screwed me up for a while. Yeah. And like even getting on airplanes, I would literally get so nervous. And I've, I used to fly all the time. Oh, so after lock, after, after lock, COVID, after COVID, you feel it's a different experience flying. I now I'm getting better again. I just think everything shut off for me in terms of going outside my house for a while, and I just built up this fear of things, and it was the fear of getting in cars, getting in planes. I'm sure there's some kind of like, kind of like an anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, hopefully someone could diagnose me who's watching this. But uh, I was just getting terrified of things, even sitting with my friend for dinner, like just the two of us. And uh, and it made me obviously very depressed because 
You didn't know why, like it, it just. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew it was anxiety, but what I didn't know was how long it was going to last, and 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 I guess what I tried to do first was like fight it as much as possible, and then avoid things. So I'd like get anxious, and I'd be like, I want this to go, I want this to go, I want this to go, and that would make you more anxious. Or I would not do something because it made me scared. So next time I had to do it, I'd get even more scared. Wow. And and so. And these aren't crazy, scary things. These aren't going to war or these are literally like the most mundane things in life. But I started doing them slowly. And uh, and then that's what really made me happy because as soon as I did these things again, I was like, fuck, being normal actually feels great. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm sh- anyone struggling with it, I, I mean, I, I didn't realize how bad anxiety was until I experienced it myself. I used to think, why are they scared? They're just... They're just in the room with us. What's how can they feel weird? It's, just, you, yeah. it's so hard to understand. It's and, so hard and I don't even understand probably what some people have gone. I you, I can say I've had it, but my level could be completely different to someone else who's yeah. like li- literally having panic attacks all the time. So, but has has this had anything to do with your Tourette's? Has that been connected? Yeah, I think yeah. People say these sorts of things are connected, and I've spoken to people and and they have, and um, so yeah, my. My Tourette's is something I I kind of struggled with a lot more when I was uh, a kid. And for some people with Tourette's, they it they, it, go, it goes away when they become adults. And for me, it kind of did. But then it's transitioned into obviously the anxiety is probably probably I mean who knows it might not actually be related, but I assume so. Uh, and 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 some a few other things, but yeah, I mean again all of these things like with the anxiety with Tourette's I, I try to see them as something that because they were difficult they make me happier when they're not happening and I know like knowing what life was like when you had Tourette's 24/7 versus what life is like when you only have Tourette's every now and then you just appreciate sitting in a room and being normal whereas like I remember not being able to be in class with other kids I had to ex- write exams outside like the classroom and people would come up to me like why are you outside the classroom have you been kicked out because you're in trouble and uh just people oh, it's going on dates and things like that thinking about like what are the, what's someone going to think of me if I'm just like moving my head around all the time or kicking the person in front of me because I'm stretching my leg yeah is that how it was uh yeah, yeah. for me like it was manifested in yeah so it was like I would whistle she have a funny story I um anything could actually so with Tourette's it's almost it's it's like you do something inappropriate, basically, is a big part of it. You, For some you reason, you have an urge to do something inappropriate. Okay. And and that's not everything. Some of it isn't inappropriate. Like, that's not inappropriate. Oh. But it's. But sometimes, like, you'll be in a situation. And that, that's why, you know, kids with Tourette's, you'll see them, like, swearing or saying, like, really mm. nasty words to other people. That's what people think yeah. about when they hear yeah. Tourette's. And so. I think that's, I don't know what the percentage <laughs> is, but that's like the, you know, that's like the minority of people with Tourette's have mm. verbal Tourette's, mm. which is like maybe 10% or something. Mm. But the majority is non-verbal. But I went um, on a safari uh, when I was, like, uh, 10 years old, and there was, like, this elephant that was uh, trumpeting, like, like <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't know if that sounded okay. I can hear it actually. It yeah. sounded pretty good. I'm proud it of myself. It wasn't that bad. Wow. And then it uh, was moving its ears. Um, and you know when a when an elephant moves its ears, it's it's it means business. It's, it's ear- another oh, saying. That's it's, another saying. Oh no, it's not. It's not. I just made that up. But um, when an elephant, well, yeah. I know what you mean. It's yeah, like when it, it is, starts getting windy. Yeah, but yeah. it's not a saying. But it is. When, you know you're in trouble. I I knew that was not a. Yeah. Maybe a South African saying, but yeah. definitely not in English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> elephant ears, elephant ears. 
um and so we just started um we started getting scared so we we turned on the well my mom turned on the car i was 10 so i wasn't driving the car and uh and we tried to run away and we got stalled like we stalled or the car wasn't moving and i just started like screaming like a monkey at the elephant okay it's not what you want to do when the elephant is trying to attack you is like antagonize it and pretend you're some sort of prey i'm not sure elephants eat monkeys but still they don't they eat, they're they're herbivores i'm pretty sure anyway <laughs> i don't really have an ending other than the fact the elephant didn't kill us uh but i really realized like that sucks yeah having to write sucks um but yeah but it also as i said is a, is a lesson because you can you know learn to deal with it and um and it can improve for some people and the more people know about it as well the easier it gets and like the pe- the reason people do inappropriate things is because they're terrified about what everyone around them thinks of yeah, them yeah but when everyone knows what they are doing and they ignore it and they don't care then it kind maybe, of it gets yeah, easier maybe you're less prone to exactly. actually do it though, exactly because it, it creates less reactions exactly interesting so so you acting as a monkey in that situation was the way to not behave yeah, so that's no, why it exactly okay. yeah, literally so so it's i mean and it could go from that to all sorts of things. But yeah. It, it, but it, some people also think you just automatically do these and you have no control over them. You uh-huh. do have like a level of control, but it's almost like having like the, the itchiest scratch in the world that you can't itch. And then you eventually have to give into it, but you can avoid doing certain things if you have to for a certain period of time. Mm. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting feeling. So... Now you've transitioned from, you know, the creator world. You're still in the creator world, uh, yeah. but you're more now on the business side with exactly. fun and, yeah. and several companies. Do you have a mentor today? Do, like, do you have somebody you go to for advice? Or like, I mean, do you make a lot of yeah. decisions every day, yeah. every week that are pretty impactful? Yeah, so we, we um, depending on what I'm doing, I have people I look for. Um, but I don't have like a single mentor. It's actually something I'm meaning to do. And I would love to do, um, but it, it, with the different businesses, you know, we 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 have people I reach out to. Sasha is a huge mentor when it comes to financial type stuff, and um, you know, reading P and Ls and budgets and all sorts of things. I always try and also get his advice. But uh, yeah, my you know my board's good at influencer, really good, and um, and at Margaret we've got WME also advising. Who you know, there's some serious experience there. Mm. Uh, but it's something I want to get. So if you have any mentors and listen to this podcast and you think you can mentor me, let me know, mm-hmm. hit me up. Um, uh, but yeah, when it comes to decisions, I don't try and perfect them. I, I do try and make great decisions, but I, 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 even a mentor I think would help, but I think you also have to be careful not to expect them to understand all the nuances of it especially if you only have like a few hours with them and based on their own experiences they'll maybe make up make a decision with you and their experiences are very helpful but you've also got to be careful not to let previous experiences blind you because every situation can be so different so yeah i i'd love a mentor but i'd also try not to just do everything they say no because that's something growing up i used to think like adults or anyone with more experience than me knows exactly what to do here and then you take their advice and you realize well that's a little bit outdated or there's a reason that worked for them and we were talking about poker earlier and i think life is so much like poker there's so much luck and skill involved and some people get lucky but they think it was just skill and some people get unlucky and they think it's because they're not doing it right yeah and the same with business like people who end up becoming mentors 
um, they might probably have had a lot of success, but I, I'd actually also love a mentor who had a lot of failure as well because uh, you oh probably I, learn I, just yeah. as much. I would love that even more, I guess, <laughs> yeah. depending on what kind of mistakes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but Maybe one of the guys who comes out of prison, you could go and like, like, yeah. like my friend does on, on TikTok. Yeah. You can just ask him for I, I can I can join him there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think it's also, my reflection on this is, and it's also based on, on somebody I talked to, um, that I, I think, first of all, it's if you're having, you know, not several people you're asking for advice, but more one or two or three go-to people, uh, it's pretty um, important to know what their life situation is because mm. we all have very different, um, you know, preconditions and goals of where we want to go and, and not everybody, like no two people have the same. So if you're asking for advice from somebody who seems really smart and have all this great experience, you don't really know where they want to go. Mm. Um, and you might have advantages or disadvantages compared to this person that they want to play on. Mm. Um, and I think that's a very important thing. That's why it's so hard to find a really good mentor mm. for helping you with advice. Mm. So in some cases, as you say, mm. it could be more of a sounding board. Yeah, and I, I, I think what I love is reading biographies and things like that. Or even sitting maybe with a mentor, you could do the same thing. Just asking them about their lives and just hearing their story. And then you, you'll hear things that happened. And then hopefully that could help you make your own decisions as well. Uh, because I think the only two ways to learn things are either to make mistakes or, or read books by people who've made mistakes and hopefully learn that way. So that's great. But then also there are these, I find like going to these summits and talks and panels and stuff. I love doing them and I do love listening and it's entertaining but I do find the advice people give on there is it's so broad sometimes and you see everyone writing down notes and so on and I kind of go like, well, I hope, <laughs> okay. I hope you don't follow everything they say because they might just, especially on a panel, they're like just saying whatever comes to their mind Yeah, yeah. Um, and they might be saying stuff for the sake of it and then it, it's the same thing when it comes to like these gurus on, on the internet. Mm. Um, you just got to, you got to take the good and uh, also work out the bad, but you got to do that yourself. Don't blindly follow everything people say. I think there's a fine line between like taking a specific piece of advice and, and implementing it. And then you can also have like the motivational kick in the butt yeah. that actually, oh, that, that's so obvious and it's so, yeah. you know, platonic, but yeah. it actually makes yeah. me do an action today. And also look, and I say all of this and stuff and these people taking the notes, I actually think, yeah, as long as they're making decisions, they're moving forward, they're trying things and they feel good about it. It's also if they believe in it, mm. it can be powerful. Even that can be powerful because yeah. they just, they're, they're, they're making a difference. It's just, it's not always going to work. But the good thing about that is that's fine. Yeah. Like, that's fine too. So, um, One thing that a guest asked here before was, I'm asking every guest to ask a question for the next guest. Yes. Are you ready for this? I was meant to come up with a question, but I, I'm, I can't remember what okay, it was. You actually said, is there, if there's something you could change, what would that be? I guess that's the same question. If there's something I could change... Would you? Yeah. Uh, ooh. I mean, I wish I was more ripped. Like, I wish <laughs> I just... <laughs> You mean I wish changing I was as all ripped those as he PlayStation was. hours to, yeah, to the gym. But I don't, yeah, if there's something I could change, <laughs> I wish I had. Uh, I wish I had darker eyebrows. <laughs> like, feel like they're slightly too blonde, and like my face would look 
better. I'm trying to think of something meaningful. <laughs> is, that, is that the biggest regret? In yes. <laughs> um, I wish I had better style. I wish I was a better singer. I wish I was a better dancer. Are you a singer at all, or just no? I'm okay. Terrible. I wish I had some sort of talent beyond like. <laughs> I'm trying to think beyond what is my talent. I can't remember. I wish I had like a talent. That would be sick. Like that would be very helpful in terms of um, life. <laughs> So th- yeah, this is kind of a therapy session. <laughs> he knew I'd say this. <laughs> he God. knew. He knew. He knew. Um, yeah, but he trying to think it. of something meaningful, I, I can't really. I hope that was okay. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you're talentless. <laughs> talentless. Uh, I think you're taking on a lot of responsibility. <laughs> if if the cha- if the thing you're changing about yourself is, <laughs> is but that's a very good thing. Oh, I wish I could, yeah. What else? Yeah. What, what would okay. you change? What, what oh, do you wish you could change? And wow. actually, not about yourself. Anything you could change in the world. Oh. <laughs> okay, this I actually okay, one regret I have. I I actually regret not doing this earlier. Yeah. But maybe it's the perfect time. Maybe maybe, maybe you'd be coming to the end of your career cuz everyone would be so bored yeah. of your podcast. <laughs> yeah. And like you're fresh. But yeah. And I think I'll, but maybe not. You and now know. I'm becoming a venture capitalist. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah fuck. Now I what what's the only other thing in the world I can actually do without any talent? VC. <laughs> All right, what's your question for the next guest? And I'm going to tell you who it is. If there's anyone in the world you could kill right now, who would it be? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I love, I love hearing about... Um, okay, I'll make it different. If, if there's anyone you could share a sauna with, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, wow. A sauna? Yeah. Those are very... And you, you, okay, that's, and you're also going to be naked. Oh, both of you. Yeah, both of you going to be naked. I should, hope should I okay. tell? Are you should worried about this question? No, because not at all. I'm sure? very much looking forward to it. Are you, so what's the book called? Uh, the book <laughs> I'm releasing today is... It, did, did he have a book? No. No. No, no. Um, no. So what I'm trying to promote here... It's Google Pixel 7. It's, it's Google the best Pixel camera 7. in the world. Yeah, it's literally. got 12 megapixel. I'm here. It's just come out. Uh, to be fair, it, the camera is sick. I'm going to actually take a photo of you. There we go. The camera is it sick. It looks great. Wait, hold on. Look at that. Look at the AI doing its job. Wow. Look at that. Huh? Yeah. Check yeah. it out. Um, you can get an e, uh, EE, Vodacom, Vodafone. Uh, is, that a, is that a USP? You can have different operators? <laughs> uh, what else do I want to say? Uh, I think you want me off there. All right. No, bye, no, guys. No, no. <laughs> it's free CPM. Free CPM, yeah. Oh. <laughs> or, or it could really affect watch time yeah. if it's too long. Yeah. All so right. it's going on YouTube? No, this is live. No. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah youtube i guess uh sick yeah so bye-bye bye i just love wearing i wish i could live my life <laughs> wearing headphones i feel like if i ever do a pitch i want to just turn up wearing headphones <laughs> yeah and in the mic and in the mic <laughs> i reckon there's someone there who does that there must be someone out there who does that like pitch just to VC. or just every they actually can't walk around talking to people without this no Oh, yeah, I guess you should, you, should, you, should, yeah. you can have it. Thank you, man. I'll Bye-bye. see you soon. Love you lots.